Hey everybody, welcome to another episode. I'm Matt. I'm Mandy. And this is another episode. Thank you guys so much for joining us again as we dip back into the movies that shaped our childhood. And today, Mandy, what are we talking about? Today we are talking about the 1987 uh, Good Morning Vietnam. I don't know if you would call this a war classic, comedy classic, Robin Williams classic. Yeah, I don't know. Um, it's, it's like kind a, of all of the above. Yeah, it's one know? of those dramedy type situations. Where yeah. It's, it's a very dark comedy scenario. Yeah, but... like you don't really want to call it a comedy because it's Vietnam yeah. and there's not really much funny about it, but he really does a good job of, you know, making it's, that happen. He's certainly so. wacky, I'll tell you that. But all right. Uh <laughs> And like we tell everybody, uh, if you're tuning in now and you have never seen this movie, if you've never seen Good Morning Vietnam, please make this the reason that you do so. Uh, I don't know where, I couldn't find it streaming. I think it's on Showtime or something weird or Cinemax right now. Um, I had to pay for it. So go find it, download it, borrow it from a friend and watch Good Morning Vietnam. And then come back and join us for the conversation. We'll give you a few seconds to go do that. And you're back. All right. Greatest of all time. Now everyone's up to speed. And of course, Mandy, you and I, we don't like to talk about these movies by ourselves. We like to bring in someone else to take sides. Otherwise, we just sit here and fight about it. So today, we're very excited to have returning guest, Lansing area comedian and podcaster, Mr. David Welfare is with us, everybody. Hey, everybody. How are you doing? Yay! <laughs> for You're a like a, we, we picked this one specifically for your radio pizzazz. <laughs> well, I appreciate you picking this one for me. I know we were supposed to do something a while ago and it didn't work out. And when you called and asked to do uh, uh, this movie... I, I was super excited because Robin Williams has always been a huge influence to me. So, yeah. Sure. Um, I'm pretty sure that when we asked you to do something, you had literally like just had a kid. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. you're you know, it's like, right. yeah, sure, I'll do it. And then, like, five days of no sleep. Yeah, no, this isn't happening. Sorry, yeah, dude. I couldn't away. remember what was going on, but that sounds about right. <laughs> sure. She's 16 months old now. She's awesome. I also have. Aww. He's almost 13. She's awesome. So I can hear him upstairs. If you hear him running around and everything, <laughs> I'm up there. Nice. Same there All right. Uh, so we always ask, uh, David, when we had everybody on, how long had it been since you watched this movie before we made you watch it for the podcast? Probably elementary school. I okay. remember seeing this movie. Uh, my sister actually snuck me in to see this movie in theaters. Uh, she told my parents that she was going to do it because it had the R rating on it. They asked her. She had already seen it why it had the r rating on there she's like well it was a little bit of language but also there was uh she talked about the explosion scene in the middle of it and some yeah. of the violence and the blood and everything and my parents were already letting me watch a ton of scary movies at the time uh like freddy and jason and the halloweens and all that so they're like all right well that's fine we're going he's already listened to some of uh, robin williams comedy albums he's a big fan we're going if you can get him in it's okay <laughs> so i actually remember seeing this in theaters and then I bought the soundtrack to it because I love the soundtrack sure. to it. And back then, when you bought a soundtrack to the movies, they usually had like little clips of the movies inside of it on it on the CD. Mm -hmm. So it had all of Adrian Cronauer's Robin Williams's uh, radio bits on the CD. Awesome. I memorized those. I loved it. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Now that you've mentioned that, I do remember because I had the soundtrack for Tommy Boy, and then yeah, interspersed throughout the soundtrack were these little clips and snippets of movies and stuff that, yeah. So that, that's fun. I forgot that that's a oh thing. Oh my gosh. And nobody yeah. does that anymore. Like no one no, buys. They don't do it anymore. No one buys TV, so those well. are, those are gone. Like those get missed now and no one gets to uh, hear those. But. No, we sad, had um, soundtracks on albums. We had a Footloose and mm -hmm. uh, Cocktail, the movie Cocktail. Oh, yeah? Like we had them on vinyl. 
Oh yeah. This is good stuff. I think I have. My sister had those. I think I have Dirty Dancing still sealed somewhere in my house, I think, but. All right, Nobody uh, puts baby in the corner. That's right. That's right. That's right. Uh, so, so this was your your most recent. One. I mean, your your yeah. first watch of this was the like back then. So how? Yeah, so this is adult. kind of a fresh. This is a fresh watch for you, kind of. Oh yeah, I haven't. I I had not watched it in years. Probably well over twenty years. Probably I haven't seen it. Anywhere. I actually, you said you had to find it somewhere. I found it on Voodoo, and of course, I had to pay for it too. Yeah, Voodoo. I, I watched sure. half of it yesterday. The other half just a little while ago. Finished it up. So. I mean, no, yes. yeah, it was my first run. I can't remember if I have, I don't remember, but I'd say it's over 20 years. Sure. Sure. Okay. So yeah. So the first time, the first half you watched it, it was kind of a happy movie. And then the second half you watched it, it just turned mm-hmm. into kind of a sad scenario there, but uh, yeah. yeah, you know, I mean, I guess the whole thing was kind of a rough go. I mean, they're over in Vietnam and so well, that's is... radio, man. You're going to get fired. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> actually okay. in real life, um, the real Adrian Cronauer uh, did not get fired. He, um, he like went through his whole term, like only about 45% of what happened in this movie actually happened to him. And and so he didn't get fired. He said he's actually come forward and said that like, if I did like half the stuff that happened, like I would still be in Fort Leavenworth. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so is this our first sort of biopic type situation like based on a true story have we done other movies based on a true story up to this point god we've done like 150 movies (laughs) i don't know yeah i don't know Uh, i don't think so i feel like we've done other ones that were groundhog day was based on a true story (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's it's called 2020 (laughs) yeah just loosely i think um no doubt (laughs) so uh mandy how long had it been did we talk about how long it had been for you um, it's been at least 15 years, but I, I went through a phase when I was a kid where I watched this movie a lot. I went through like a huge war phase and I wanted to be in the military. Okay. I even had like a, like an uncle Sam poster in my room, you know, <laughs> and, um, like a thin red line and we, uh, we were, we are soldiers and all like all that stuff. Like this was one of the ones that I watched over and over again, but okay. I haven't watched it in so long. Like watching it as an adult, it was definitely a different experience. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for me, it's been well over probably 20 years since I've seen this movie. Yeah. Uh, I did watch it a few. I mean, I, I clearly, it's an iconic part for Robin Williams. And uh, were it not for like clip shows and other things that just kind of show his bits in this movie, uh, it might have been a little more faded for me. But uh, it was, I mean, kind of in there. I got the story. I kind of remembered as we went, you know, that what was about to happen and stuff. Um, Nothing real super surprising in the movie for me, other than the fact that I, I think as a kid, I really enjoyed Robin Williams' like manic behavior. But yeah. watching it now, I was like, this guy would straight up stress me out. Like if I, if I had to have a conversation with, with this version of Robin Williams, I would be very hesitant to, to contribute. I'd be like, this, this is enough for me, thanks. I thought the same thing about his DJing, except for the fact that they're in the field and they have to listen to like you want to if you want to play the clip of like the guy that makes me want to fall asleep. To oh, show sure. Them what they Here's were listening to Dan, Dan, the man Levitan. And now an item of special. <laughs> Barring any change in the weather, the softball game between the 133rd and 4th Infantry Divisions will resume as scheduled. See, like on me to played by Richard Port now and Winbon Two Streets here in South. Yeah, Robin Williams would have been like a welcome distraction from oh, that sure. while you're like fighting in the war. You know what I mean? Like that. Yeah, I would have been like, hell yeah, let's listen to more of this like freaking goofball. <laughs> uh, that was the most vanilla DJ. <laughs> 
Yeah. And I think that's I think they went over the top with it just to prove how vanilla things could be and then to show you the complete polar opposite of what the troops needed and loved. Oh yeah. Oh, For yeah. sure. Uh, well, and at one point in the movie, they they basically said the only reason that the radio is really there was just to sort of test the boundaries of the signal of the radio station, kind of. They just needed something playing all the time so they could sort of keep track of whether or not radio signals and, and communications were working, I think. But, uh, yeah, I mean, and you also got to figure they did, they really laid it on thick. Robin Williams like clips you know like his bits over and over again normally that would be interspersed between a few songs here and there and it wouldn't be so much just like punching you in the face with Robin Williams so I get it but I uh, was talking to Stu about this I was watching and I texted him and I was like god I would hate to be the editor of this movie because I'm sure they just let him go like they just let him do bits after just hours and then they had to cut it all up into manageable chunks you know yeah. They 100% did. I looked it up and I actually had to shut it off because there was like there was like a YouTube clip that was like 37 minutes long where he was just making up stories about different like things on the radio. Yeah. And honestly like I was exhausted watching him. Yeah. Like I mean he and you could tell he was tired. And then the the director was like so we'd stop we and then we would go and we talk about like this worked like the Gomer Pyle thing worked yeah. and he used that. And then they did like but so every story that he talks about on the air in this movie, he had like 25 other stories that he just made up on the fly. And then they're like, "Oh, that worked. Let's use that." Like, "Oh, the pope worked, but that part of the pope thing didn't work, so let's use this." It was like and his mouth moved so fast. Like I I was like, "Is he I'm like, is he reading this? Like, how is he uttering? He's like freaking Bone Thugs and Harmony of like comedy. Like, <laughs> I'm so just like, words. how is he talking so fast? Yeah. Well, let me ask a question. In your research, was, and I still think he was. I don't know. I know he sobered up at some point where he laid off the harder drugs and everything like that. Was he still hitting it like he was doing the Mark and Mindy days? I mean, it's it seemed like it. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> well, he then, was, yeah. But he, I mean, his mind was there. It wasn't like he, he had, didn't have like anything that was coming between his mouth and his mind. Like it was all, but like the, the, the amount of like syllables that would come out of his mouth at once. And it was just like, oh my gosh, like, how does he even say these words? Like he, he couldn't have done it if he was on anything that was like a downer, like no. Well, I no. don't know. And they get, they, they work their way through that stuff. I think <laughs> Imagine yeah. him if he was if that was him on a downer though. I mean that's. I'm guessing he didn't burn a joint before those scenes. Right. Oh, right. definitely not. No. So, uh, <laughs> so Dave, with your Dave, you got experience in uh, radio, right? Yes. So did this sort of was this sort of like a hey look at uh, were you looking for things that were wrong or odd about that stuff? It's always funny to me when someone's like into something or they know a lot about something, then you watch the movie version of it. And how you're yeah. like, well, they would never do that, or that's not something that would happen, or, you know, things like that. Well, I don't know how it was back in the day. I know, like, for me, like, what got me into radio was I saw Private Parts. Okay. And I that book. Mm-hmm. And then I immediately got an internship at a local radio station. And then I started going to the local community college uh, to try and be a teacher. And... Then I slowly but surely made my way over into the radio department and started doing that. And then I got a job on the morning show and I started as a uh, intern, went to a part-timer, a uh, full-timer, and then a salaried employee. So I don't know how things were back then because their microphone was completely different than any microphone that I ever talked Yeah, to. and those weird-ass headphones were crazy looking too. Yeah. Those little, yeah, those little exactly. mini pod things that stuck over their head. Yeah, it was weird. But. So 
but no, we did have uh, certain program directors in our building and everything that were like, no fun. They weren't, they weren't no fun, yeah. at all. And they wouldn't let you say certain things, and even if it wasn't even that bad. I mean, sure. what he was saying on air, I was shocked that he was able to get away with that because you wouldn't be oh, able like to- Like the weather was shitty today and it's going to yeah, be yeah, shitty yeah. tomorrow. There's <laughs> no way we could ever, ever do anything like that. Like, I'll give you guys a funny story. Uh, I did the morning show for a long time and then I left the station for about a year and a half. Okay. And then I came back and I started working for the sports station there. I was working for, uh, we uh, simulcast on two different frequencies. So at nighttime, we would play uh, a baseball game, or we would play, uh, on the other station, we would play another game. Okay. One night, I was covering a Detroit Pistons game. Now, during the day when we would take callers, we would have a delay on for about 15 to 30 seconds. So if anything happened, we'd hit the drop button. But we never did that with live sports because people like to sync it up with their television. Oh, okay. Yeah, so we never did that. One night, Pistons are in the playoffs, and they get bounced in the game, and there might have been some bad calls. <laughs> Rashid Wallace after the game, and they talk to him, and he goes on and on about how bad the officials are, and he ends the uh, the interview with, "If you can't see that shit, y'all crazy." <laughs> I was like, "Oh my god, dude!" He did not have a delay on. I had no drop. It went over the airways. I, I thought I was getting fired. And everything. So does that come back <laughs> onto you then? Is that your responsibility at that point? The boss at the time was one of those bosses that was <laughs> fun and didn't understand, like, shit happens sometimes. Yeah, sure, literally, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but after that, <laughs> after that, unfortunately, we did have to start playing with a delay. So, uh, yeah, so no more live sports on the on those streams. Way to go, Rasheed. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> exactly. But, yeah, we, I've let one word slide before on the radio. But, yeah, the, the, definitely what he was saying would never fly, yeah. So that's kinda, I've that's heard that about um, the sorry the steamroller song by uh, James Taylor. Like it's totally unexpected that oh. he's about to say motherfucker. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to. It's a, like all of a sudden he just throws motherfucker in the middle of it, and DJ's <laughs> like, "Oh my god! Like we didn't like bleep this out." Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why would you? It's James Taylor, you know, right? Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. I didn't judge the movie too much. I didn't yeah. judge it at all. I uh. That's pretty much how it goes on. One DJ leaves, the next DJ comes in, <laughs> and commercials are song beforehand. You play your opener and you, you go right into it and uh, you pull your music for the hour or whatnot. When I left, they didn't pull music anymore. Everything was all automated. But when I first got into it, we had a rack behind us full of CDs and everything. And oh, yeah. you'd come over and they were in this special case and you'd stick them in there and it would program it right where it needed to be. You had sound but. Uh, you had soundboards uh, with like uh, eight tracks where you throw in an eight track player and you play your sound effect or something. So oh. I, I was lucky enough to be in radio at the at the beginning of my career when it was uh, still a lot of fun. Sure, sure. I came back the second time around. They went a lot to automation and yeah. got rid of like the DJ and they started instead of having like a nice like four hour airtime, they would have you come in, record all your stuff, put it in the computer, and then automation would just play it. So then you'd get paid for an hour of work, but they'd use your talent for four hours of work. Sure. Yeah. 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 That sucks. Uh, so that must have translated over for comedy then. Like you're it, having to keep track of the words you're not allowed to say in particular 
venues and all that, you've got to kind of self-censor as you go, you know? Right. Which of course, yeah, it, all of us, I think we, we're not, we're not, none of us are really considered clean comedians, right? Uh, no. So that's, that's a tough go yeah. when you get a, when you get a gig that's like, yeah, don't say fuck. And then. But I, I will tell you when I am working on stage, if I'm doing a joke for the first couple times and everything, and mm -hmm. I'm like an open mic stage and everything. Oh, I'll swear. Okay. I'll, I'll, words that make me, because I, I'm a natural swear. I just, I like, I like to fucking swear. That's sure. what, <laughs> you know? uh, but uh, yeah. So when I'm beginning a joke and it's on the open mic stage and everything, yeah, I will. I, I'll swear just to I, make myself feel more comfortable telling a new joke. Mm -hmm. Start feeling more comfortable with that joke, and I'll take it to a paid show. At, by that point, I've trimmed the fat on the joke, if you will, mm -hmm. and I don't have to say those words anymore to make it work. I figured yeah. out ways to do it, but I still do like to swear. I still, sure. You'll get at least four fucks out of me on a set. So. <laughs> All right, uh, I, want, I want to play a couple of clips here. We did speak yeah. about... Uh, so we did the, here's the shitty radio part here. Yeah. It's hot and shitty with continued hot and shitty in the afternoon. Tomorrow, a chance of continued crappy with a pissy weather front coming down from the north. I just couldn't imagine hearing this coming out of a radio. Okay, we're going to hit some songs at you right now. Coming your way. What the hell was that? All right. Oh, we got some Bruno Kirby. Yeah, coming this, in. Is, this is our second Bruno Kirby movie. Yes, he was in City Slickers. Rips to Bruno. Yeah. Rip, rips to Kirby. He died in 2006 of leukemia. Sure. Yeah. I know. Um, he was my standout character 100% in this movie. I thought sure. he was amazing. Like, you just believed he was, like, the shit weasel that he, <laughs> he portrayed. Yeah. yeah. Hawk, I understand right? you're pretty funny as a DJ. And, well... Comedy is a kind of hobby of mine. Well, well, actually, it's a little more than just a hobby. Reader's Digest is considering publishing two of my jokes. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and perhaps some night we could maybe get together and swap humorous stories yeah. for fun. For fun. Oh, why not? I love that he's supposed to be so unfunny, but his part in the movie made me laugh the most. Like, it's, oh my god, he's so utterly bad at at even anything considered humorous that it, it yeah it really makes me well, like how many times have you just met a guy like this after a show though yeah it just oh yeah thinks they are like god's gift of comedy bombs but then comes over and is like see i just killed it yeah for sure <laughs> yes <laughs> and they're like they're carrying oh. around a notebook that has you know three hours of the greatest material they're like oh yeah i got oh. three four hours no no absolutely problem. And oh my god! You put him That's on what stage. I kept thinking this whole entire time is like I've seen this guy a lot for sure. Yeah, and then you take that same guy and you put him on stage and ask him to do seven minutes, and then they bail after four. And then, oh, yeah, yeah I, I, it was great, man. I, I, I killed it. You killed it, man. <laughs> you killed it. All right, let's he get is, uh, yeah. He's Adrian's amazing. and he oh. he was oh sorry he was in Godfather two and everyone wants when they ask him like what was your favorite movie to do they all want him to say Godfather two. But he is like, no, it's definitely a Good Morning Vietnam. So the fact that he played like the nemesis kind of yeah. mm -hmm. didn't matter to him. Like he thought this was like the funnest movie to do. And they they totally filmed in Bangkok. So he was probably like, yeah, this is fucking fantastic. Nice. I'm glad you answered that because that's what I wanted to look up. I was like, okay, is this some backlot in Hollywood? Like, <laughs> 
or did they go there? Because when they were in those rice fields, when she's like, I can't be friends with you. I was like, wow, man, that really looks like they're on location. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they were in, they were in Thailand. Um, and actually a lot of the extras were students from the international school of Bangkok, but they were okay. Americans. Um, and then, uh, Robin Williams put on like special stand-up shows, at least one for sure. But I think there might've been more, um, mm -hmm. for kids like 10th grade and up. So, you know, because he's pretty gnarly in his stand-up <laughs> comedy. So, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, let's do, this is uh, Adrian's first sign-on when he does the, the very first hit of the Good Morning Vietnam, which comes right in yes. right, right about 12 minutes into the movie before we actually get the first Very quick, hit, yeah. yes. Good Morning Vietnam! Iconic. Hey, not a test. This is rock and roll. <laughs> Time to rocket from the Delta to the DMZ. I can't help but hear the genie from Aladdin yes. in, in him all the time. That made me feel really uncomfortable right there, man. Yeah. Given the circumstances, my stomach sank and I got goosebumps. And like, I, dude, I loved Robin Williams. I did. Yeah. Everything about him, like Mork and Mindy, my first stand up album as a night at the Met. I love Jeannie. I love Jamon. This is Doubtfire. Dude, I just loved everything about this guy. Uh, I mean, one of the biggest compliments I ever got was someone said I had energy on stage one night like Robin Williams. And that was like a freaking huge honor. When he died, I I can't tell you how, felt, how sad I felt. And then when I heard that reference right there, it just like, it honestly made my stomach sink. And uh, yeah. I got past it because, dude, the whole next segment where they do all this radio like they do all his air checks into like whatever how many minutes this is yeah so much fun i mean dude as a, a, a 10 year old when i saw this maybe i didn't get every reference but like i got a lot of the references because he made modern references to old references whether it be like i knew mr ed i knew yep. elmer Rudd, i knew all that kind of stuff i didn't mean to hijack it but i that no no gosh no about how it made me feel yeah that's Absolutely. what we're here for man we we want to make sure that we uh <laughs> That's the thing about this uh, show is revisiting these movies now. Like mm -hmm. I think in my head that I loved this movie, you know, like as a kid, I'm like, I love this movie yeah. so much. And then we revisit them now as adults and totally different experiences in life. Right. Obviously mm -hmm. like a few weeks ago we did the movie office space and like, yeah. I've spent the last, you know, 15 years almost working in an office uh, environment. And that movie hits a lot different now than it did when I was, you know, when, when I watched it back originally. So it's fun yeah. to, to see the type, like what these movies do to you now as yeah. an adult and, and how much different that experience is. Um, I want to play a clip of Sergeant Major Dickerson. Yes. Because uh, he works for a living, so he needs the full title. Yes. United States Air Force. The hat does give you away. I thought he was great, this too. This is not military issue. JT Walsh. uniform is that? Cretan camouflage. If you want to blend into a crowd of drunken Greeks, there's nothing better. That is humor. I recognize that. I recognize I also that. recognize your species of soldier. I had a guy like you in the field one time. He blew himself to pieces, but not before his humor cost the lives of three very fine individuals. So, yeah, I love him, um, though. He, very intense. Super. Rip, yeah, rips to him. He died okay. in 98 of a heart attack at 54. So. Oh, wow. Um, wow he was sparse. young. Very young, yeah. He was in a lot of movies for me, like A Few Good Men. He was in that movie. That was, yeah, he was. Is there a stuff. movie that he's been in where he's not a dick? 
Probably no. not. <laughs> he, just, he just has that look on his face, man. He plays that role so well. I was sitting here thinking about it because he was in some movie where he was a truck driver stalking these guys or something like that. I remember. I mean, he was, dude, he's just a mean character. He's, a, <laughs> he's uh, he, he plays a good mean character. For sure. Yeah. He was in Sling Blade, Breakdown, mm-hmm. Pleasantville. Oh, was he Breakdown. in Breakdown? Breakdown. Yeah, that was, was the one. Was yeah. Thinking. Yep. Yep. Was oh he, yeah, uh... Pleasantville. He was a total douche in Pleasantville. <laughs> well, that's how you know he's good. I mean, what you get in a lane and you just stay there, man. That's yeah, got, for got sure. Him, got him quite a lot of work out of it. I know that. What do you want to do when you grow up? I want to be a dick. Yeah, just <laughs> but like professionally though, I'd, yeah. I'd like to be paid to do it. Want to get paid good. well for being a dick. <laughs> Usually, those like the people that are like the horrible villains are the ones that are like the best people. Like, in like, the, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, so just let's see here uh okay so a lot of the improvised broadcasting by robin williams they he mentions hannaway hannah i don't know if you remember when he talks about her and how she's a you're a slut you you've had been on more people than the titanic or whatever (laughs) yeah that is actually a vietnamese female broadcaster who was made famous on both sides of the war um she had three um shows a day she did it in english and it was like all propaganda trying to like say all this all like how like north koreans like defeated which obviously they they fucking won so she probably wasn't wrong and we probably tried to make her out look to look like she was like bad but um just tons of like outrageous claims and the gis would listen to her and think she was hilarious so when if you watch this movie again remember when he says her name um how oh, yeah. oh, Hannah, uh, Hannah, Hannah, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Everything but the Titanic. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Just remember that that was a real person and that probably was some information that was probably really given during the Adrian Cronauer stuff. Um, I did have uh, on here one of my favorite gags, one of his favorite radio bits that he was doing was the slow motion record. He's like, he put the radio on at the wrong speed. So we get this. The wrong speed. We've got it on the wrong speed. For those of you who are recovering from a hangover, that's going to sound just right. Let's pull it right back down again. Let's try a little faster. See if that picks it up a little bit. Let's get up on 718. Those pilots are going right now. I really like the music. I really like the music. I really like the music. Oh, still a bad song. Hey, wait a still a bad song. Let's play this backwards and see if it gets any better. This new vip. Freddy is a devil. Look, this new vip. Freddy is a devil. Picture a man going on a journey beyond sight and sound. I love it. He's left. All right. So, yeah. so uh, I mean, I we're loading, we're front loading this with a bunch of the fun stuff, but this movie yeah. does get pretty, pretty sad and pretty deep here later on in the in the film. Uh, what uh, I got? So, do you guys like Robin Williams as a semi-serious actor, or both, or would you prefer to see him in like a goofy movie, you know, type scenario? I don't like seeing him as the bad guy. Honestly, okay. and like uh, the the Photoshop one. Yeah, like one hour photo, I think it was. Or something yeah, one like that. hour photo. Yep. I didn't like that. I mean, I liked it, but I didn't like his character because I just don't like seeing him like that. Especially sure. Hour photo. I didn't like that. And then uh, there was one where it was up in Alaska, I think, with Al Pacino, and he couldn't sleep or something like. I don't remember what it was, but I didn't like that. But no, Goodwill Hunting. Love Goodwill Hunting. Yep. I'm trying to think of some other serious roles. Uh, that he made. Uh, I feel like in, in, I feel like in all of his comedies, yeah. though, uh, he pulls out the serious parts. Like even in Mrs. Doubtfire, 
He has mm-hmm. like emotional crying scenes. Dead Poet Society. Oh, yeah. That's a com. I mean, that's a uplifting for the most part, except for when the kid commits suicide. But like, the, <laughs> oh, captain, you know, like, my captain. Man. Yeah. yeah, dude, I like dead. Yeah, I like him. I think he's a great guy. I think he's versatile. I, I, I no, I like all roles. But what got me on board was comedy. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. Uh, I thought I, one of my big iconic Robin Williams movies is Jack. I used to watch the yeah. shit out of that movie when I was a kid. Oh, uh, but the, at the end, though, my yeah, God. I know. Yeah. I know. That's a rough twist, too. It, on that and one. That's mm-hmm. the thing. Like, how many Robin Williams movies can you watch without, like, getting tears in your eyes, <laughs> right. even if it's supposed to be funny? Yeah, it's, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, did you have a standout character or performer that you thought was just extra good in this movie, Dave? In the, oh, Forrest in, Whitaker. Honestly. Forrest Whitaker, perfect. Okay. I love Forrest Whitaker. I was hoping you would say that. Yeah. I mean, he comes in and he's already a fan. He's just like, he, yeah. he's like a fanboy with Adrian. Yes. And the ongoing joke throughout the movie of him starting the car with it already started. Yep. Yeah. I love it. And, and Robin Williams always had a smart ass thing to say about it. It was great. Yeah. So I first. Mm-hmm. And like, he, he, at the end, he pumps him up. He's like, he's upset that he's just given up. And why are you giving up when you have such a cush job? You're talking behind a mic, entertaining people. And we get stuck behind traffic, behind these guys that are going into some real shit. Yeah. And you're over here, like moping because you got some radio problems. And I love how Forrest Whitaker got him up. It's like entertain these guys and kind of got his mojo back to do what he wanted to do. So. Uh, I, you're like making me re-pumped for this movie like i'm not gonna lie like i watched it <laughs> but like the people that are listening are like oh yeah i fucking remember that part like i need to go watch this movie right yeah. now <laughs> uh so here here's where we meet uh edward garlic and cronauer first come in uh at the three minute mark ish right around there Kevin cronauer you got it. Coming off the, the plane welcome to second <laughs> just that goofy laugh he's like already yeah he's super into it man he's like no can't wait. This is a setting for London Broil. <laughs> I'm private first class Edward Montesquieu Garlic at your service, sir. Well, first thing, Garlic, is you got a requisition a new name. Well, <laughs> well, I like you already, sir. <laughs> Actually, what I am, sir, is your Armed Forces Radio Saigon assistant who's in charge of orientation and ability of enlisted personnel and company clerk. That's a title, man. <laughs> that is a title. <laughs> All right. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah. And Forrest Whitaker, too, like, when we talk about how, like, unconventional he looks and how many roles he's actually been in. Oh, yeah. sure. Like, and I, like, one of the movies that I love him in is Phenomenon. I remember loving him in that movie. He's just, he's just amazing. He, yeah. He's yeah. been in so many good parts. And he just, you know, with the droopy eye and, like, the, <laughs> like, he just is not somebody that you would think would have tons of star power, but because I think he's, he's so got good that, I think he's got that unique sort of vibe to him that he's, like, you know it's he's interesting to watch and he does a, a great job he does a great performance but my stand-up character in this movie is jimmy wah uh-huh uh, i just think he's the greatest he's so creepy and weird yes. all the time but here's a little clip of jimmy here <laughs> calls everyone earl kuban win is his name now you say hi to me, then you smile. What about a couple beers? We love a couple of beers, Jimmy. Why do our names Earl? Calls everybody Earl. Is it me or is Jimmy lighting the loafers? Let me put it to you this way. 
He's got this thing for Walter Brennan. <laughs> he says he wants to buy, make a photograph for the actor. For three years, he's been trying. Walter Brennan? You know, Walter Brennan from the Real McCoy's a TV show? Yeah. I love it. Oh, it hasn't looked, how's it going with the Walter Brennan thing? It's not looking good, Jimmy. <laughs> oh, he's looking good to me. <laughs> I, I also, too, like, even when Robin Williams mentions when he talks about the, they can't, like, the, the dike or whatever, and he's mm-hmm. like, this sounds like a woman, you know. Like, Stay away from the I, river. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like Don't even lesbian up. women, like, would be like, that's fucking funny. Like, yeah. I get, I get this joke. Like, I'm not even offended. Yeah. Sure. And there so were good. there were points in this where I was like, oh, it's kind of leaning into something that's a little more offensive than I remembered it being. But again, right. at the time that this was a movie, I mean, that's just kind of standard fare. And we have to sort of either throw it all out or accept it as it were. And mm-hmm. I am in the camp that's going to kind of accept it and, and deal with it. You know, there's nothing too super bad in this movie, but there's there's some stuff that's kind of right on the edge of being like, I don't know about that. But right. Yeah, um, when he said uh, shiny green suit made in Hong Kong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> green suit. <laughs> Home of, yeah, I love it. Dude, I want a shiny green suit from Hong Kong, man. That's right, yeah. Yeah, that might that must have boosted sales for sure when this movie came out. <laughs> um, so let's see. Uh, so there's also the, the sort of B story kind of in this movie too. Not only is he struggling with the idea of not being able to disseminate like actual information and he's being restricted in every way, but he also sees this uh, young lady uh, who he would like to uh, meet and uh, has to figure out some way to connect with her. So he has to pretend to be an English teacher uh, in yeah. the class that she's this, in. And this is real without the whole romance thing. Okay. Adrian Kronhauer actually did teach English. He said he did not teach cussing, um, <laughs> but he did like in his spare time just teach English. But yeah, I actually had a problem with how strong he came on with her. Yeah. Because of the culture difference and how women are so submissive there, and like he obviously is—I wouldn't say that he's in a position of authority, but he's a soldier in her area. Like, yeah, they are. You know, they have like. I don't know. I just felt like. Well, that's what that guy says in the bar. He was like, the memo said we're not allowed to fraternize with these people. Like we're, we're here for a purpose and we have a job and we're not supposed to do this. And they were all like to hell with your memos. Like, I mean, if he, if he would have been like, Hey, do you like me? I like you. And she was like, yeah, let's date. Like that would have been fine. But he like, just, he, I don't know. Like uh, to me, I just feel like it was, he was just very pushy, like just constantly sure. following her. To be honest with you, even after you say that, like that wasn't part of the actual story of this man's life, like the romance part, it does seem very shoehorned into this movie. It doesn't seem inter- like terribly necessary for there to be this like weird love thing going on that you just can't, this unrequited sort of, I can't have you and you can't have me and I'm going to end up going home anyway at the end. I'm really glad that happened, that he just left. I was like, that makes the most sense. Like, yeah. if they had had this, like, fairy tale ending, I'd have been like, fuck this movie, you know? <laughs> right. I get, in your research, did he befriend a terrorist or a person? Nope. None of that happened. No. So that was just Hollywood. And actually, regular, the real, right, not the regular, the real Adrian <laughs> Cronauer. Yeah, not um, diet, was... <laughs> diet Adrian Cronauer. Yeah. Tastes more like the real Adrian Cronauer. <laughs> 
<laughs> it wasn't Adrian Zero. Yeah. Um, he, he was not anti-war. Like, he, he felt like um, this movie made him seem like he was very, like, anti-war. And he wasn't. He's actually, okay. he was, um, he became, like, really involved in politics. He was a huge Republican. <coughs> Gross. But, um, <laughs> and then he was involved, like, with Bush and Cheney and, like, all the stuff that they did. So he, this was not anything what he was really like. Sure. Uh, you guys want to hear uh, Lieutenant Steve on the radio? Uh, after Lieutenant he, Steve. You have to take <laughs> over. We're going to do just one thing, but this stuff you wrote, it's not funny, sir. It's, it's not funny, sir. sir. I'm begging. Don't try to be comedy. It's not in your blood. I'll do fine. Comedy is what you make it. I've got pages and pages of great material. There's that open oh mic. Oh, my gosh. Right? I'm afraid you're going to be hitting bottom, sir. No, his <laughs> acting is funny. fucking Why brilliant. Why when you typed it? I was thinking of something else. <laughs> <laughs> now I've got to show it. Sir, you're not funny. Ask around. Ask me. Ask me. Ask me. I love it. <laughs> Ask me. <laughs> <laughs> you can put my name. I mean, I'm a big egg. I know funny. I don't think you're it. Such as like me. I'm not much of a power tool. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, that was the great, exciting sound of Patula Clark. Beach Boys. Don't forget. <laughs> the Beach Boys. The Beach Boys. <laughs> okay, that wraps up for me. Marty Lee Agent Cronauer is on temporary assignment, but boy, do I have a surprise for you. <laughs> Please welcome to the microphone, the Lieutenant of Lance. Normally, I wouldn't Officer let this go Hall. this far, but I have to oh, hear him. You yeah. have to. Swinging. Stephen Hart. Swinging. Hello, Vietnam. And greetings. Soon, the news. Then, Lieutenant Steve, Lieutenant Steve, who's that? It's me, your old pal Frenchie. Listen, Frenchie, let me ask you something. Do you like good food? Oh, but, but of course, uh, the French love good food. <laughs> All right, yeah, we get it. <laughs> oh, it's so bad. And then he plays a polka. Yeah. Like, fucking who likes polka? <laughs> no one. There's no a one. Select... grandpa like polka. Yeah. And yeah, like you said, there's a select demographic that loves yeah. polka. That yeah. They're not hitting with this regular rock and roll music. So he was playing. Guarantee that's not going to lift the morale of people that are out there dying. Like, yeah, before I die, I just want to hear one more polka. <laughs> Play me some Lawrence Welk. That's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, okay. We are just about the end of this first segment here. But before we call this quits, we do have a game that we play with all of our guests. And before we get to the break here, we will play that with you. And it has a theme song. And the theme song goes like this. Chop this, chop this synopsis. All right, it is time for us to play Chop This Synopsis. And what this means is, Dave, we need from you a 10-word or less synopsis of Good Morning Vietnam. So take the whole movie, the whole story, condense it down into 10 words or less. And don't panic, we'll get it from you after the break. But after the break, when we come back, we want you to put out whatever you'd put on the back of a DVD or on the drop down when you're trying to click on something on Netflix to get people to watch this movie. And we'll get that from you when we, when we come back. But we will be right back after these messages. Jamie, I need you to keep the dogs quiet. I'm recording a commercial for the Elemental Podcast. So can you keep them quiet during this recording of my commercial for the Elemental Podcast? I mean, I know the dogs bark a whole lot when we actually record the podcast on Mondays and Thursdays and during the Patreon on Saturdays. But during the commercial, we need the recording to be dog bark free. Can you do that for me, Jamie? Can you keep the dogs quiet during the recording of this commercial for the Elemental Podcast that people can listen to every Monday and Thursday and the Patreon on Saturday? Can you do that for me, Jamie? 
Thanks, Jamie. Appreciate it. Chop this, chop this synopsis. And we're back. All right. It is time for the rousing conclusion of Chop This Synopsis. So, Dave, if you could please regale us with your 10-word or less synopsis of Good Morning Vietnam. A fast-paced and in-your-face dramedy from Robin Williams. That's it. That's all you need, man. I click on it. I loved it. And it rhymed too. Fast-paced and in-your-face. Yes. You'd be so proud. Um, I'd watch it. Yeah, that's all I need is just to know Robin Williams in it. And it uh, is, is fast paced. That's all you're looking for, really. Robin Williams was incredibly good looking in this movie. Like, <laughs> he, has, he has his ups and downs, depending, you know, on what, what you dig, you know. And in this giant, movie... Giant gorilla arms, like super hairy. I mean, he still had gorilla imagine, arms. Imagine how damp he must have been in this movie. Like, it's just... <laughs> <laughs> all the time. Like, all the women were probably like, oh, so hairy, you know? <laughs> it was just, yeah. When I went to Korea, um, the little girls, like, and boys, they were looking, they would, they pointed at my arms, and they're like, because I, I, I'm, I'm Irish, I'm fair, and I have tons of freckles. And they're like, what? What is on your arms? And I'm like, oh, those are freckles. <laughs> they're like, freckles? And I'm like, yeah, those, you know, like, we're fair-skinned. We have, a lot of us have freckles. And they were just like, oh, <laughs> you know, like, that's crazy. Also, they look at me and they go, baby? And I'm like, no, American. I'm just fat. <laughs> like, that's just what, this is just what we look like, you know? They also, um, it was really sweet. They wondered, um, can, in America, can you see a lot of stars? And I was like, I mean, I said, I guess in some places. And then later I realized because our flag has all the stars on it, they thought that in America you could see a lot of stars. And um, they also asked me if we had, a, if we had bathtubs because we, we called the bathroom <laughs> and they called the toilet oh, and they right. don't have baths. They just have showers. So like they were, I was like, yeah, we have bathtubs. Like most bathrooms <laughs> have bathtubs and they're like, oh, that's so crazy. Like I want to, I want to take a bath in a bathtub. <laughs> like yeah you know yeah we take so many things for granted over here you know we do yep we got freckles we're fat we got bathtubs right that's right right. uh all right so let's do do you want to jump straight into some games or do we want to play a few more clips i've got some um no we well whatever it doesn't matter let's do some of the sad stuff (laughs) Uh, yeah we probably should talk about that yeah we haven't really hit into any of that and i do have a few left that are like the silly bits later on so we'll get back into something funny but for now let's uh this is gonna be uh the enemy speech here toward the end enemy what is enemy this guy did awesome you can't own people so many miles from your home we know the enemy you the enemy you used me to kill two people. Two people died in that fucking bar. Big fucking you. My mother is dead. And my other brother, who be 29 years old, he dead. Stop by American. My neighbor, dead. His wife, dead. Why? Because we're not human to them. We only live enemies. And I'm stupid enough to save your bullshit life, but I'm like, yeah. I mean, that's like not even not even just that, but like, <clears throat> like how much like rape and abuse and all that stuff that happened, like that we yeah. just don't really know about. Sure, sure. And I'm know? sure, like this, 
hits now as like this stuff is still relevant now but i mean imagine mm-hmm. watching this back then and how less removed we were from that whole oh. scenario and and how much more raw that was to those people who were involved in all of that stuff too so oh yeah for sure i mean well if it's something like that were to happen now everyone would have their phone their phones out it'd be sure. videotaped like not even i mean even in like even if in north korea people sneak videos from sure. phones you know to right yeah yeah um just to lighten it a little bit bruno kirby's only five six okay (laughs) he's a short man so when i saw uh, bruno kirby was only five six i was like holy shit uh here is where uh major dickerson punishes adrian for saying the the actual news on the radio yeah i don't like your style your politics or your sense of humor i don't like what you say or how you say it I assume, I just want to save that clip and play it for everyone who I disagree with politically. I just <laughs> I don't like your style, your politics, or your sense of humor. I don't like what you say or how you say it. From now on, the fighting men of Vietnam will hear exactly what they're supposed to hear. You're on a DC-8 from Tansanot Airport tomorrow at 1830 hours. I recommend you pack quietly. So, Dave, oh, did you find... Go. Oh. One second. Mm-hmm. Just the, the clip at the end here. You're in more dire need of a blowjob than any white man in history. <laughs> All right. Yeah. And I love how the like the the high ranking officer thinks that's hilarious. Yeah. Um, who has been sorry, just because I have to say this, he's been in two movies we've done. Um that would be Oh, General uh, Taylor? Yeah, was? General Taylor was in City Slickers. Weird, um with he, Bruno Kirby. Yeah. He played, yes, they were both in City Slickers together. He played Clay, I think. Okay. And then um, he was in Ace Ventura. He played the guy that owned the football team, I think. Oh, okay. <laughs> I yeah, think. yeah. It's so, been a minute from that one. But. Well, yeah. I don't, yeah. <laughs> Fun. All right. You want to jump into some more games? Well, I wanted to ask Dave really quick, just uh-huh. because I feel like it's, it's um, contemporary. Um, did you have, when you worked in radio, did you have censorship? Were there things that you weren't allowed to talk about? Like, if, did you interview someone that you weren't allowed to ask, like, hardcore questions of or anything like that? We did. We uh, Lansing was pretty conservative back in the day for the most part. That's why a lot of DJs that were over the top before I actually got into it got in trouble and they moved on and then eventually came back into town and whatnot. Some never returned. So for a while, Lansing was pretty conservative on what you could and could not say. Okay. Uh, what we did, though, is, uh, and we'll talk about it probably in a bit, we revolutionized uh, Lansing Radio for the most part. We did things that you normally wouldn't do. I mean, they put me out on the street a lot, and we interacted with people. Like, So if you happen to be in like the right part of town on your way to work, you would see me out on the street doing some sort of stupid stunt out there. Nice. And we always had this phrase it was easier to ask for forgiveness than it was to ask for permission and uh, a lot of times uh uh we used that so there was of course some things and i can't remember we did uh we did talk to uh like annika Sorens, somebody from mtv news back in the day and she was on for a serious issue but kind of tried to be playful with her mm. and she wasn't having it at all she sure. us, and uh we didn't really get a good interview but uh i think she was rough around the edges maybe had a bad day or something maybe she was like promoting a really serious thing like i i don't know like third world children starving or something like that and i know we weren't making fun of it but she thought we were like 
uh, maybe going to be a tad more serious than we were. Okay. So yeah. The only time that we like maybe got in any kind of like not we didn't even get in trouble for that. I mean, our program director listened to it and it's like, oh, she's being a bitch. Yeah. So yeah, it sure. wasn't our fault. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, know your audience too. Like, you don't go on to a show that's gonna be like a a, right. a fun show and expect to talk about like third world death right. children. Right. Like, <laughs> I don't know yeah. what play, it was. Play to your audience. Like, were you like, lady, this is an NPR? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, we were a wacky morning show that played like Pearl Jam and Stone Temple Pilots. <laughs> we played that in the late 90s, early 2000s. So we were that station and a morning show playing that kind of music. We were bound to have fun. And our, our news feed, the, pro, the promotions that we would get into use to be able to get these people came through MTV. So they knew who they were sending their, like, talent to. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, I think they just, they find any any open door that they can push someone into and just get more information out and they don't realize yeah. what they're kind of getting themselves into, I think. But Right. Uh, but right. We, we were ready? conservative for a while with what we could say because of where we were, but yeah. we had a lot of fun and pushed the envelope. Nice, nice. All right, uh, let's jump to some games. You want to do uh, box office? Yeah. All right, here we go. That's got a theme song as well, and it goes like this. Box office theme song. <laughs> That's it. Very short, very sweet. Box office theme song. Mandy, take it away. All right, Dave. How much do you think it cost to make this movie back in 1987? What do you think the budget was? Uh, 18 million. Okay, okay. Matt. Matt, that seems pretty reasonable. Uh, mm-hmm. Goodness, I of course. Uh, Mandy does all the research stuff. I don't look at any of this stuff either. So. All of this information is all news to me. All I do is pull clips. So uh, I'm going to say, based on Robin Williams being somewhat of a star and it having a fairly large cast and shooting on location, that this is going to maybe push the 20 million mark. Okay. I'll it was say, 13 million. Oh, wow. Okay. Yep. Very good. All right. So this none I of think... us were closest to retail price without going over. Yeah. But, all, yeah. All yeah. <laughs> but okay. So this, this one, for some reason, me. Mandy always gets those exactly right, which is weird. right. 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 <laughs> um, so this one shocked the shit out of me, actually, Dave, how much do you think this movie has made worldwide gross up until today? And of course we all gave it like $4. Right. <laughs> so you gotta add, add that into it. It made an extra 12 bucks. <laughs> Nice. My initial number is really high, given the fact that it was made so late and the numbers so low that you paid for a movie back then. Yeah. And, and I worked in movie theaters for a long time, so I know how it works, how much a, a theater, a company gets the first week, second week. And they did, I'm going to say low number again. I'm not going to go with my high number, probably. I'll go 90. 90 okay. million okay. today. I was... Uh, I mean, there is no way to... So normally we gauge these based on whether or not it made a sequel. Like if, if a movie is hugely successful, it will generally have a sequel that comes from it. But when it's a movie like this, there's just no room for that unless you're going... It would have been, good morning, Korea! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or just, yeah, like, or it just follows his life further, but no one cares at this point. So uh, I'm going to say it still probably made a decent chunk of change, but I'm going to say somewhere in the like 70s-ish, so low 70s. 123 million dollars holy shit dude my high number was going to be 120 but i was like (laughs) it's way too much (laughs) look at that man i could not believe it it was like the top it was one of the top grossing movies of 87 which i mean man in 87 there couldn't have been that many other movies that made that much (laughs) money so yeah 
Nice. Dude, uh, a lot of a lot of Vietnam movies were coming out in the eighties. I mean, you had Platoon that was out. Platoon. Um, yeah, Platoon actually features Forrest Whitaker and then another person from this movie. Uh, Might have been TJ Walsh or JT Walsh. I'm popular sure. movies from nineteen eighty seven: The Lost Boys, Adventures in Babysitting, uh, Full Metal Jacket, Full Metal, Full Metal Jacket, Jacket. Harry and the one. Hendersons. Uh, we had Fatal Attraction, The Untouchables, La Bamba. <laughs> we haven't done that one yet. Matt yeah. keeps saying we got to do La Bamba. Yeah. Oh, oh, Maybe I for Cinco, Cinco de Mayo, we'll do that for <laughs> there in you May. Go. I was in fourth grade when that came out, and we had a Spanish teacher from Texas come up and be our fourth grade teacher out of Gunnersville Elementary, and she uh, that was her class song. We sang that at like the uh, uh, the big thing where you get together and all the parents come and see. You. We all sang La Bamba. It was nice. So- yeah. <laughs> oh, I can just imagine all the kids saying la 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 all the all the, the wrong times. It was oh, just like a blur. Just a yeah. <laughs> and she and she was very quick to let us know that it's not just la 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 la. She, <laughs> she did all that fun stuff for the dude. She was so cool, man. I I, <laughs> I I loved her. We had a special kid in our class, and she like a lot of kids tease this kid, and he she always went above and beyond to make that kid feel special when he did something. He got rewarded. And she was a great teacher. Oh yay! Yeah. Gets me right here in the heart. <laughs> yeah. All right. Do so, you want to do ages? Yeah. Or do you want to play a clip? No, let's move right along. We'll hit the ages game, and that's got a theme song also, and it goes like this. Let's play guess the age. Boom! Let's play guess the age. Right. These, of course, provided by previous guests and listeners to the show. And if you'd like to know information about those people, check the show notes, and you can uh, go follow those people for more of their fun uh, theme song antics. All right. Um, we'll just start off with the with the big guns. Um, Dave, how old do you think that Robin Williams was when he made this movie in 1987? Mm, 34. Okay, Matt? Uh, fucking 40. I don't know. 40. 36. Okay. He had the hair, the hairy arms of a 46-year-old man or whatever, 40-year-old man. Um, Okay, Dave, how old do you think Forrest Whitaker was in 1987? Good luck, because I can't guess black people ages. (laughs) I will go 31. Okay. I'm going to go 25. I'm going to say he was super young in this movie. He was 26. Okay. All right. Right. Yep. And then I only have one more. Actually, I have two more, but I'll only do one more for the game. Okay. Bruno Bruno Kirby, good old Lieutenant Hawk. <laughs> God, he seemed so, so young. But yeah. I know, right? Go ahead, Dave. How old do you think he was in 87? 25. Okay, Matt? He looked young. He looked I'll, young fli- I'll flip it and go 30. He was 38. Oh, my God. Oh, Yep, that he was thirty eight. I mean, when you look, like his, he has like some serious like receding hair and stuff. Mm-hmm. I thought the same thing. I'm like, he looks like a baby, but I think he just has a baby face. Sure. Yeah. And then Robert Wool, who we haven't talked about yet, or Wool. Yeah. Um, Is he on Arliss? Is that where I know him from? I I saw him and I'm like, God, he seem, he's. Yeah, I feel like he's been in a million things. And then I looked him up and I'm like. What the fuck has he been in that I've seen? He was in Bull Durham. I think he's been in a bunch of like sports. Oh, like Arliss. Yeah. 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 Arliss. Okay. Arliss. yeah that, I don't know his real name. So when he said, I was like, who's that? And then when he Robert said, Wool. Arliss, I was like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, he was 35 in case anybody. Oh, my God, man. 
Uh, he was uh, uh, okay. yeah, Marty Lee Drewitz or whatever in the movie. Yeah. Or no. Yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah. He seemed way older than that to me. He seemed like he was pushing well, 40. I mean, when I look at these people and I think I'm 37 and I, I think about how successful they were, the ages that <laughs> they are. I always say, yeah. It makes me feel like complete shit about myself. Like Robin Williams <laughs> was 36 years old. And like when we do stuff, especially with like Eddie Murphy, when that motherfucker was famous at 18 on SNL. And I'm just like, yeah. God, what did I do with my life? Not that I want to be famous because no thanks. But seriously, Forrest Whitaker was 26 years old. He was 11 years younger than me. And he was like amazing. Whatever. Yeah, just in it. Yep. <clears throat> All right. right. Do we want to do... Uh, do we have our forwards back? We do. We do have a new game, uh, but we also have uh, what's that sound? Now, what's that sound for this is not going to be impressive. I'll tell you that right now. There was a lot of music to deal with. Yeah. So for this game, Dave, which I don't know if we had when you were around last time, but we play a sound from the movie and then you tell us what's happening on screen during that sound. This okay. is when we thought it would be good for you to have headphones. But so, you can try. But it. You can try you can it without. Try it. Can you I've hear heard us? everything that you've played so far. Got it. All okay. Right. Perfect. Uh, so we'll try this without it. So that also has a theme song, and that theme song goes like this. Ooh, that sound. Did you hear that sound? Ooh, that sound. The sound that just played you. That's right. That's the sound Matt just played you. Let's play Guess That Sound. So again... Uh Again, I'm going to be taking a sound from the film, and I'll play it for you now, and you tell me what's happening on screen during this sound. Let's see. All right, we'll do this one first, since I imagine it'll be the easier of the three. Oh, hold on. Let me start it over. <laughs> Got to get some volume behind it. Here we go. Okay. One of the news feeds that he's not allowed to read is coming. <laughs> That's it. Yep. Yep. The news. <laughs> oh, and when, what, we didn't even talk about the fucking creepy ass twins. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Didn't talk about the twins and didn't also talk about, I felt JT Walsh's, Walsh's character set Robin Williams character up to go out there and get blown up. Yeah, no, for sure. 100%. I totally, yeah. 100%. I agree with that. Uh, I'm uh, going to call back dick move. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, he like um, called specifically and was like, "Is it really nasty yeah. out there? Is it? Is this the worst place I can send someone?" Okay, cool. Did they pick up the phone? Charlie's listening. You <laughs> yeah. make sure you knew that. He's like, "Yeah, we're going to send some soldiers out there, right? Get them." Yeah. Well, okay. So those twins, the two redheads. If you yeah, double like, twins. Yeah, if you felt like you saw them before, they are in Terminator Two. Mm -hmm. um there where he like the cop comes up behind him and then kills the <laughs> other guy and then so because i was like where the fuck have i i feel like i've seen these guys like in a hundred movies but really it's only right. one yeah. <laughs> okay and it automatically seems like twice as many right off the <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, i'm so sorry that was really loud that's okay we got number one is done and let's play number two <laughs> This one, again, should be pretty easy, I think. Oh, shit. Let me back um, it up. No. We'll, we'll get a little less noise here. No, it's very fast. That was all blowing their nose. It's very fast. Hold on. What the fuck? Oh, come on, guys. It's like a running theme in the movie. 
No. Oh, duh. <laughs> the uh, the car. Yeah. The car starting. Yeah, it's when he started okay. the, the car already <laughs> running. I assume that would have been gotten like immediately. If, if you had not said that though, like I, I it seriously sounds like someone like a shoot or like <laughs> like blowing. It sounds their like nose. someone aggressively jumping on a whoopee cushion. Like <laughs> just real quick. Thank you. Excuse Thank me. you for the heads up. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um and then this last Corona! one. This last one is just absurd the sound that came out of this portion of the movie. I don't know why they did this. It's so long. It's very long. And, but here, here we go. It's just so much of it. But anyhow, it's the zipper when he's packing up getting ready to leave. It is the zipper when he's packing up and getting ready to leave. Yeah. Very nice. Yes. I just that stood out to me so because it was a very quiet room. And he's just yeah. kind of by himself and putting his things away. And then it's just zip. I was like, yeah. God, calm down. Whoever the Foley artist was on this needs to like. I don't know if it was just my voodoo, but I thought the sound editing on it was garbage at a lot of points in the movie. I don't know. Yeah. When movies are location. this old, like when, yeah. when, when they're this old too, they kind of lose it in translation. Mm-hmm. I think when they go from yeah. to digital, you know? Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just thought it was such an absurd zipper sound. And also I went to film <laughs> I went to film school and when I was in film school, they always said you don't do any kind of zooming or anything like that. If anything, it's a cut or whatnot. Okay. Yeah. There was a lot of zooming. There was a lot of zooming at times on there. And I was like, oh, that's why you don't do it. It's so it's so weird, man. Yeah, it's just kind of jarring, yeah. It takes yeah. you out of it. Yeah. You don't see much zooming anymore these days in movies, but I could tell on this one that it was uh, weird. They did this one weird zoom from behind kind of. On Robin Williams at one point, it was so awkward. <laughs> nice, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think at this point, like in the '80s, they were just kind of trying stuff to see what would right. work. You know, someone yeah. wants to be artistic and get a Oscar nod or something. But uh, they're trying dude. to see his—they're trying to see his back hair. They're like, <laughs> "Dude, look how much hair this guy has on his back." <laughs> Zoom in on it, man. <laughs> uh, all right, so now we have a very new game. We've only played it. Uh, this will be the second time we've played this game. And Mandy, you'll be excited to know that there are two additions on this round that we've done. So, uh, so just for some backstory and let me explain myself. Uh, I usually come up with our games based on, I'll come up with the name of the game first, and then I'll sort of reverse engineer it into a game. So what I came up with was uh, Forwards Backwards is what the name of this game is. It doesn't have a theme song yet because it's so new. So what I've done is I've taken a forward phrase in this movie and I've reversed it and I'm going to be playing it for you backwards. But then I'm also going to be playing three different forward phrases after that, which is one of, it's one of those three phrases. It's like a multiple so choice. I'm giving you multiple choice. Okay. I'm not just going to play a reverse word and be like, what's he saying? Because that's ridiculous. So Paul this, is dead. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I just thought that was funny because we played this prior to this movie, and then in the movie he references playing a record backwards, and I was like, no shit. Yeah. And in fact, I listened to that part reversed just to see if it said anything similar, and it, it's just <laughs> it's just nonsense. But it's nothing. All right, so here, you, so what you're going to do is you're going to hear the the reversed portion, and then the three phrases forward, and then I can play it again for you as many times as you want. So here we go. Okay. The first first round. Okay, so that's the reverse part. I'll do it again because it's just kind of out there. So here we go. Is it this? This? PC on the QT. Or this? Me without my muff. 
Okay, I'll play it again. Oh, man, what do you mean? Light in the loafers. PC on the QT. He you sounds French. <laughs> he sounds French. Yeah. Sounds... <laughs> and like the backwards one, he's <laughs> Dave, by the way, this game is very stupid. It's very new, and there's no reason that you should ever get this right. Just so you're aware. Play the three things response. Okay, I'll play the first. I've got to play it. It's one one oh. clip, so I'll just play the okay. whole thing again. So, Mandy, this time I'm don't sorry, bury. Stop. Don't I'm bury sorry. number three. Yeah. Oh man, what do you mean? Light in the loafers. PC on the QT. Me without my muff. All right. Do you think it's one, two, or three? One. Okay. It is not. Oh, <laughs> Mandy. <laughs> Mandy. It is yeah. 100% number three. It is number three. Yeah. Okay. Oh, so listen to it again just for the sake. Because he's like, foam and it's muff backwards. <laughs> it's muff backwards. All right. Foam and lalamite. Light in the loafers. PC on the QT. Me without my muff. Here you go. Okay. If you think a muff backwards is foam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so that was round number one of that. I, I feel like I just got hit on fumanami. <laughs> fumanami. I thought I heard an L sound in there, so I went with light in the yeah. loafer. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and this is number two. Here we go. Send me some skin. All right, hold on. I'll start over. <laughs> okay, here we go. Send me some skin. To buy some cheese. Nice to meet you. <laughs> All right, we'll play again. Let me some skin. To buy some cheese. Nice to meet you. All right. Anything initially jumping out at you? One or three. Nothing. Okay. Well, we'll take yeah, that think, as a, we'll take that as a possibility, and then man. I think it's I think it's one. Okay, I'll play it one I'll more time. I'll go with three just to be the opposite. Give me some skin. To buy some cheese. Nice to meet you. And Dave, you were correct. It is nice to uh, meet you. Uh, <laughs> it sounded like something from Poltergeist. Carolyn! I'm a huge Twin Peaks fan. Love Twin Peaks. Love oh, Peaks. the reverse. I don't know if you ever seen that, but I think the man of a, from another place, the little midget guy, is like, Darvin Bozia. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so again, thank you so much for indulging that. I know it's a stupid game, I, oh. <laughs> but, but we're just trying something new. You know what I mean? It's a new year. We got to do something funny. So mm -hmm. we'll try that and see what happens. Um, did you guys ever do that when you were younger? Like if you got in front of a computer that had the program that you could flip words around? I don't know why we thought that was so goddamn funny, but we would sit in front of a computer and record a phrase, then we would flip it and it would play back. And then we would try to say the reverse thing into mm -hmm. the computer again and then flip it and see what it sounded like. It was always, you know, if we got anywhere near what it should be, we just sounded like super drunk. It was always just like, <laughs> no, see, while you were doing that, I was super drunk. And yeah, I probably sure. was, That's I probably I, was having sex. Dude, I was like such a super <laughs> fucking nerd that I was trying to figure out how to say words backwards the right way. Just messing with you. No, it was, I wasn't it was, able to do anything like that till radio because I was <laughs> computers. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. All right. Well, that is. I mean, that's pretty much the end of the games portion. Uh, we do have. Do you have any more fun facts or anything? Nope. We covered them. All right. I have a few clips. None of them are really necessary to play. I mean, we haven't heard from Trin yet. Um, but the only clip I really have of her 
is her saying goodbye. So I'll just play that anyway. Uh, here before we get to, yeah, hold on. I want to say goodbye before you go. To tell you, thank you for being so kind. So many things did not happen the way you wanted. Yeah, whatever. We get it. So, um, <laughs> and I think the, like, I don't think anyone was really fully invested in this relationship either. No. Which didn't make it seem that super sad at the end. No. I was just like, this makes the most sense. And I'm glad that it's ending this way. Cause like I said, if they had really tried to hold that relationship together, I'd have been like, well, <laughs> all right, that's enough of this. But the reason they had to have that though, is that's how he met uh, the, the terrorist. Kid. Yes. Yeah, sure. And that's how he got so invested in that relationship was by yeah. Like through that. And so, I mean, the fact that he wasn't there for a very long period of time before he met this kid, like it makes sense. And it also too made you feel for Twan because you also got to meet his family and like his grandparents and her. And yeah. So I, I, I do feel like it was necessary but I still did not like, like the pushiness of him on her. Sure. Sure. I get it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dave, is there anything about this movie that brought back any memory that we haven't talked about or just something you about know, the film? You know, from Nam, did you have any yeah, memories? Right, did right. this bring back any, like, flashbacks for you? Total flashback, Mom. No. I, uh, <laughs> dude, it just took me back. I like, uh, like I said, man, I was really excited when you guys asked me to be a part of this because this was one of those movies that uh, helped shape me a little bit because, like I said, I remember getting that CD. I remember memorizing all of those... Uh, air checks that he had sure. on that CD. And I remember going out on the playground and like impersonating everything. And uh, it just went along with, like I said, I saw the night at the, uh, I had listened to the cassette tape of a night at the Met. So I was constantly trying to imitate this guy. So <laughs> yeah, I just, I remember being out on the playground and uh, just like doing stupid Robin Williams shit just to get laughs and stuff. Not knowing that someday I'd actually be on a stage or anything, but no, it took me back. I still enjoyed the movie. Yep. There were some parts that were uncomfortable watching the movie now compared to uh, uh, then because like the A times have changed, but sure. uh, also uh, I don't know. I was able to understand more than when I was younger. When I was younger, I didn't everything that was going on. I mean, I knew that a character was a dick, but I didn't know exactly what he was doing. I just wanted to hear Robin Williams get back on the radio and behind a mic and do his crazy shit. For sure. And one thing I want to hit on this, mm -hmm. I think that was the first time I ever heard uh, uh, Louis Armstrong's It's a Wonderful World. And that's another man. And now anytime I hear that song, it just gives me those chill bumps all over it. <laughs> great song. Yeah. And it's a great placement in the movie for that that song too and uh it introduced me to a new musical artist as well growing up so you know we're gonna things i thought that was such a good song hell yeah 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 uh we're gonna do one more of the air checks just some more of his stupid bits and then we'll get to the plug section so here's this sure can you tell us what you found out about the enemy since you've been here we found out that we can't find them they're out there <laughs> they're out we're there having a major difficulty in finding the enemy what do you use to look for them? I love that he laughs oh, at himself. Yeah, people, are you the enemy? And whoever says yes, we shoot them. We shoot them. <laughs> oh my God, I laughed out loud at that part. Yeah. I, I, I thought it was awesome. I for sure will watch this movie again. Okay. Dave, do you think that you're going to watch this movie again? Like, I, want, I wanted to watch it with my family. 
I really, mm-hmm. yeah, we probably will. We have seven more days on this rental. So when I get a chance, I want my daughter to see it. Uh, I have a 12 year old and I try to introduce her to as many things as I can, especially during these uh, difficult times of quarantine. Uh, at the very beginning, back in March, I let her, uh, she was like, dad, can I watch The Walking Dead? And I was like, yeah, we can watch The Walking Dead. So we watched awesome. all The Walking Dead. Nice. And when the second lockdown went down, when they tightened up the restrictions again, she came to me and, oh, man, she played me. She played me, but she's like, Dad, can uh, we watch Breaking Bad? And I was like, oh, ho, ho, ho. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean. You need an excuse, right? I love Breaking Bad. I, <laughs> I know I can get it on there, but right when the show ended, my wife got me the box set and, like, a, a bat. So I've seen the show. <laughs> nice. So I was like, let me talk to Carrie. Let me talk to the wife. See if I can like bring her down because my wife thought that show was so intense. Sure. And oh yeah. My and we're, I'm in a not a separation, but like my uh, my daughter's biological mom. We're obviously not together. Yeah. I, I mean, we didn't talk about it, but uh, uh, I talked to her. She said it's fine. So we've been watching Breaking Bad now, and uh, I just love letting my daughter watch things that I used to watch and uh-huh. introducing her to things that I like right now. So yeah, I'll watch it again. Uh, yeah. That was a long answer, but yeah, I definitely. Oh, that's okay. No, that's that's great, dude. That's what that's awesome. kind of Sunday. Our gauge of like whether or not a movie was good is kind of if yeah. you, if you take the time out of your day to watch this again, and not just because we forced you to watch it for the podcast. You know, like for me, for instance, this movie, I don't see me watching this again. Watching it again either. <laughs> I did enjoy the film, but it's just there's not enough of it there for me to be like to revisit it. Like once I got right. it again, again, I'm super glad that I rewatched this. And that's mm-hmm. generally the case for a lot of these movies for the podcast sure. is that I'm, I'm glad to revisit this, but I just, that's all I needed. I needed one more taste right. and then it can just kind of fade off into the distance and we'll be good to go. But I right. want my daughter yeah. to be able to say she's seen the whole Robin Williams collection at one point. I mean, she knows the genie and the Jumanji, but she might not know that he drops F-bombs here and there. Sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, all right. So, uh, tell us, so this is basically the, the time for, for plugs. I know you've got a new project going a new podcast. So tell us about the podcast and where they can find it. Uh, honestly, uh, my buddy Mojo and I, we, uh, he's the one that brought me in as an intern. I was just a listener on the radio going through some tough times a long time ago, uh, late nineties. And I would stay up late at night and being depressed. I was going through a breakup. I was real asshole. And, uh, (laughs) I mean, I got what I deserved in that breakup, but I, yeah, I was staying up listening to the station. I did on the edge. And uh, one night, one morning, I was still awake when the show came on. They were talking about something I was familiar with. Uh, they invited me into the studio, and I started off as an intern. And then it, it grew, and uh, we had the number one morning show here in Lansing. Uh, it was Mojo's AM Mayhem, and it was, uh, it was awesome. It was some of the best times in my life. Uh, eventually, I left, and I've been doing comedy. And two years ago, uh, he ended up leaving his uh, radio gig that he was doing at the time. And since March, I haven't been able to do comedy. Right. Decided uh, to get together and uh, start a podcast, uh, the AM Mayhem podcast with uh, Mojo and Dave. You can uh, find us on Facebook at uh, the AM Mayhem podcast. Uh, Right now, we've uh, been accepted on all the platforms, basically, that you would get podcasts from, like Spotify, Google, Apple. We're also on Twitter, Instagram. And uh, honestly, the response, we've only been up for, uh, we're recording this on the 14th. Mm -hmm. So 
we've only been up with uh, two podcasts. We put our first one up on the first about a couple days before the new year started. We started our fan page and the response that we've been getting so far is, is incredible. Honestly, the downloads that I'm seeing, I'm getting addicted to watching all this. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's hard not to keep like, checking. <laughs> it is. And the cool thing about what we did, and we also have a logo. This is the logo here. Very it's, nice. Very nice. Uh, wife designed that. We got great wives. His wife's a lawyer, and she's helped us out with form the LLC and yeah. get filed away with the taxes. And the thing about it is when we did radio, we didn't burn any bridges, and we made so many connections. So we're starting locally. And we have a lot of really cool people coming up. I don't want to name names that are coming up that aren't in the can yet. But sure. we, uh, last night we recorded an interview with a guy that runs the Special Olympics here in Lansing. We have another person. Uh, uh, his name's uh, Derek Zanger, I believe his name is. I can't remember the last name, but we had Sarah Pierce. She's formed a, uh, a thing called 517 Living, and it's huge, and it's basically a huge community thing. Uh, and that's what we're doing. We're just building it locally. And we're, start, we're going to start bringing people in like statewide, regionally. And if we grow bigger than that, great. But the bottom line is, Moj and I, we're just having fun, man. That's yeah. The response that we're getting right now, we thank everybody for it. Sure, sure. That yeah. And so when you're awesome. When you're doing stuff at all, when you're creating anything in this pandemic quarantine, you're doing mm -hmm. good. Like you're, as long as you mm -hmm. can just keep pushing something out there to get that creative outlet going. And I mean, that's, that's what this has been for us or for me specifically. And I've, I've really been thankful that it exists. So it's good to see you getting out there and doing something that's like a creative outlet, because I know you were pushing hard into comedy right yeah. when this shut down, like you were just kind of getting the ball rolling and, and getting things more like aggressively going toward comedy and then right. everything stops. And now what do you do? Well, you start a podcast. So I wish you all the success in the world with that. I, I'm, I'm glad to see you're out there doing it. But uh, uh, where can they uh, find you specifically? Do you have like a Twitter or anything that you want people to head toward just, at all? Or? Just go to any of, the, uh, any of the sites, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. If you're wanting to listen to us, Spotify, Apple, Google, just type in the AM Mayhem podcast and it's going to pop right up. Uh, awesome. I only type in the AM and bam, it's there. Right there. Okay. Boom. Cool, cool. Yeah. Uh, Mandy, do you have anything that you want people to be pointed toward at all? Um, no, I have been doing a lot of diamond art. Okay. <laughs> it's, so, it's relaxing. I started watching Bridgerton, which okay. is, is fun. Yeah. I, I'm a stay-at-home mom, so yeah, you just you do what you, you can. Just gotta, you got to delve into my five minutes of me time. So. All right. Well, uh, we generally don't know when to end this or whatever. Uh, if you want to talk to us, go uh, send us an email at another episode podcast at gmail.com. Otherwise, we would just ramble on until we end this. So I'm going to end it with a clip, and that clip is going to go like this. Don't get crazy over this, Dick. That's it. <laughs> All right. Thank you, guys. <laughs> thank you guys so much. And, uh, yeah, thanks for coming on. And everybody have a great night. Thank you. Thank you. You too. Be safe. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. You too.